0: And I thought recording episode one was going to be the difficult episode. This is episode two of Third Radio. And I have to tell you that it's by far going to be the most difficult episode for me to record. Because in a few short minutes, I'm going to get very real with you all. And I'm going to expose myself in a way that, um, you know, it's very... Um, Threatening to me. I mean, it just its, it's vulnerable. It's, its a vulnerable state, but I feel that it's important for the mission of what I'm building here and served, and what I've been wanting to do for four years. It's—it's it's important for me to break it down because, um, I mean, this journey in 2015, it—it it basically started with me reaching 20 years of, of honorable military service, and I was just so excited. And so ready to start my uh, what I call my normal civilian life, right? I, I was going to go be a civilian, and, and I did what I did, and I finished it. But what I didn't know was that the biggest challenge of my entire life was just brewing, and in a short, in a few short months, it, it I was going to be that guy, right? And and growing up in the military, you would hear about that guy, and surely I was not going to be that guy, but I did, I did become that guy. I was lost in the dark valley of my mind without a plan, and that was a problem. And this is why SERVED and SERVED Radio exist. You have dedicated your life to service, now SERVED Radio is dedicated to you. Speaking the truth about service-oriented life and moving through leaving to living. This is the voice of and for service members, responders, veterans, and dependents, because we have served. Now, leading the journey for today's mission, Raphael Haudigui. Hey, everybody. What is going on? It is Raf with Served Radio, and I want to thank you for joining me here today for episode two of Served Radio. So um, I had a little bit of a technical difficulty. I kept saying, hey, hey, but I put myself on mute. So uh, sorry for that little bit of delay there. And just like episode one, I'm just going to roll with it, right? Because if what we learned in episode one was that perfectionism, we we can stay all day trying to get it perfect. And I'm just rolling with it today. Um, I felt that I just can no longer procrastinate. And I had to record episode two. And in the intro... I was letting you know that this is potentially going to be the most uh, difficult episode uh, of my entire life. I, I would say so, because I'm going to talk about what happened. The first part of the Served Radio story, or of the Served story, as I call it. Served Radio actually didn't come into play until two years after the Served story. And I had been debating on how I wanted to convey this message to you, how I wanted to share this message with you all. And I've decided that I'm actually going to give it to you in small doses. Um, I could fill up 10 episodes an hour long, and that's not what I wanted to do. I want I want this show to be something that you come back for um, to, to come and, and re-energize yourselves. But at the same time, I want to give you right up front two episodes that can help anybody at any time. So if you know someone that is going through these situations that I'm about to talk about, or that can benefit from this, you say, hey, listen, there's this thing called Served Radio. It's on served.vet. Just listen to episodes one and two, or just two, and we can get the ball rolling, right? You don't need to know what to do in a, in a situation. Um, we're, we're not trained uh, clinical therapists here. It's just me. It's just Raf just talking to you, telling you my story of what I experienced. And in my intro... And I have it on my website and throughout the, uh, the world of podcasting here. I say that I became the guy that was lost in my own dark valley that didn't have a plan. But I have to clarify that because I did have a transition plan. I planned for five years to get out of the service. That was my exit plan. I was blessed that around my 15-year mark, I had a master sergeant, a uh, shout-out to uh, Kenny Graham, Master Sergeant Kenneth Graham. He was a supervisor, of my, a, a direct influencer in my life, and he was planning for his exit, and I saw him have a very successful transition and exit, and I picked his brain. And I said, hey, how how do I do it? How did you do it? And he basically said, hey, listen." I started planning out three years before I retired, and that was not enough time. I barely made it. So he suggested to me that I start planning my exit at my 15-year mark. And I said, that's crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm still got five years to go. Like, what are you talking about? How am I going to be trying to do that and this? And he said, that's when you have to start. Start planning. Not have the plan finished, but just start planning at my 15-year mark. I said, but what about if I don't get out at 20? He said, it doesn't matter. You started planning, and then you can decide if you're going to stay in for 21, 22, or whatever. So I'm not saying that you start planning as soon as you finish basic training if you're only going to do a four-year tour, right? But what I am saying is you have to start planning ahead of time. But you plan for what you know. And this is a part of the serve story is that my transition plan, my exit Per military standard, per the veteran affairs, per anybody that you talk to, I got, a, I got like an A plus, right? If, if this was a letter grade, I got an A plus, right? And, and I don't mean to be boisterous, but this is part of the story that you have to understand is that I planned for, for five years, and I was very successful in my transition, when I retired, I got hired by a major defense corporation as a senior engineering uh, engineer, as, as a, senior, a senior systems engineer, building a, a ground system for a flagship satellite program for the government. And in my transition planning, I executed it so exact and so perfectly. That my story is that I went from an E-7, a master sergeant in the United States Air Force, to a GS-14 as a civil servant in 18 months. That's just nuts. Like, how did I do that, right? How did that happen? Well, because I planned. But what I didn't plan for was the other thing or the other things that no one talks about. Right, Because in nine short months after I got out, I hit a brick wall. And I was lost. In the valley of my own mind, the darkness, I literally hit a brick wall. And these are the stories that I'm going to share with you in future episodes. But today... I want to talk to you about what happened leading up to that. How how did that happen? And now, four years later, I can look back and think back and say, "I, I can see it, but then I couldn't. And the reason why this episode is going to be very difficult for me is because for me to tell you the story, I have to go back. I tell you that I really don't want to go back, but I have to because that way you can understand. You can try to help others. And if you're hearing my voice right now and you know exactly what I'm talking about, you're in the right spot. You're in the right place. If you don't understand what I'm talking about, if you do find someone else that is in that right, in that same spot, then you can help them out because you've heard this. And apparently it's an issue that is happening all around us because the Air Force themselves put down a, a stand-down day. The President of the United States has an executive order out there to try to figure out how do we prevent the veteran suicide crisis how do we intervene? Well, this is my call to duty. This is my effort to help in that. So someone out there that understands what I am talking about, listen to my voice. You are not alone. There are others and many that feel your, what you're feeling right now, that think the way that you think right now. And it's okay. Because you are amongst the served community. You are amongst brothers and sisters that understand and can help you out, that can help you navigate out of that dark valley, that can pull you out. But this is what I'm going to need from you. I'm going to need the desire. I need you to pull up that resiliency, dig deep, and have that desire to reach and reach out and have one of your served brothers and sisters help pull you out. We'll do all the work. We'll do the heavy lifting. We just need you to try. So with that, I'm going to tell you that There were a lot of warning signs that happened before I hit that brick wall. But I didn't know what to look for. I didn't know what was going on. And it starts out, actually, a few months before I actually got out of the service, right? As we're going through this this prep of transitioning out, and 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 life is changing, and and I have to find a job, and and I have to do all these things, and the pressures, and and finish up here, and finish over there, and start over here, and uh, have my resume, and and all these other things, right? Exciting and scary. I'm the one that decided to get out of the service. I'm the one that said, "Hey, I'm done with this military service life." I want out. I want to go and stretch my wings, right? So I did everything that I needed to do. I finished up my formal education. I got the certs and the training that I needed to get. I needed to meet the right people. I went to networking events. I was being mentored by very talented individuals. I was doing it all right. And then I do my retirement ceremony. And it just goes kind of quiet. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, it's, it's going to pick right up because I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a job or that offer letter is coming anytime soon or, or whatever, right? So during that time period, what I now have discovered is things slow down enough where we're not in such a hurry that things start bubbling up. So my retirement date was actually January 1st of 2015. But I was on terminal leave uh, from mid-October through December. I had tremendous amount of leave. I've been saving. I've been prepping. And now that I think about it, just talking about it right now with you, terminal leave, that's what we call the leave that we're about to get out of the service, terminal leave. Like that in itself, I guess I've never thought about it. But now I'm thinking about it like, man, like that didn't really kind of help the situa- situation out, but, you know at the time, you're not thinking about those that terminology and those words, but I was on terminal leave when I had my first quote unquote episode. I didn't know what was happening. I know that there's a lot of change and and a lot of stressors, but I just didn't know what was happening and I'll have to share that story with you at a different episode, but it I'll give you the the nutshell of it, and i I've developed the whole entire program revolving around this episode that that happened and as as a male you know I always wanted to grow out my my beard or my mustache or or something facial hair and I just never had the opportunity because we always had to shave right and so I either had my weekend scruff or I had my leave beard which was a little peach fuzz that, that we were trying to grow so here I am in, in terminal leave, trying to grow out my beard. And my wife saw this, and as a birthday present, they wanted to get me a, a beard trimmer. And I got excited. I said, oh, cool, you know, I got this really cool beard trimmer. Never really had this type of thing, and this is really neat. So, you know, you read the instructions, you charge it up, get it ready. And I go to trim my beard. You know, I had about three weeks worth of, of scruff and growth, and, and here it is. It's my first time that I'm, that I'm doing this. This is kind of exciting. Yay. Yeah, I'm doing this. Going to play around with it over the holidays, you know, maybe get some pork chops, uh, sideburns, and maybe a goatee, and, and just do all this stuff, right? Well, I get to the bathroom with a fully charged device, and I turn it on. And we all know that sound. Right, this is this, this motor just. And as I was about to place the trimmer head to my face, I look in the mirror. Then I look at the trimmer. I look in the mirror. I look at the trimmer. Look in the mirror. Look in the trimmer. And I literally just had a meltdown. Like, like a blue screen of death on windows, right? It just literally, my brain short-circuited. I dropped the tremor to the floor. I fell to the floor. And I started weeping. Just, I didn't know why. I just started crying, like a little baby. My wife comes up and says, is everything okay? What's wrong? She's thinking that I cut myself with this razor and that I'm crying because I, you know, cut my, uh, my neck, you know, I, you know, something, right? There's something serious. Here I am, a grown man crying on the floor after all the mighty things that I did in the service of all the experiences of life. And here I am. And she was trying to help but didn't know how to help. And I just told her, leave me alone, back away, back away. Because I didn't know what type of help to ask for. And I'm embarrassed. I'm crying. Why am I crying? I don't even know what I'm crying. What is happening? What is happening? I can look back now. And I can explain to you now what was happening. You see, I came in the service when I was 17 years old. I celebrated my 18th birthday in boot camp in basic training. And even though I thought I was a big man and, and yeah, I was bad and tough, I was a 17-year-old boy or a 17-year-old young man, 18-year-old young man. And I pop out 20 years later. as a grown man. And in those 20 years, I never got to use a trimmer, a beard trimmer. I was never trained in a beard trimmer. And what happened at that moment that I can think back in the mirror when I was looking at the trimmer and I looked at myself in the mirror and looked at the trimmer, looked at, what was happening was a... A, a processing situation, an over-processing situation where I just didn't know. You should know how to use a trimmer, but you don't. It's simple. Put it to your face. But what about if I make a mistake? Right? It's only hair, right? It's only hair. But to me, it was this, this huge monumental time of my life, and I didn't want to mess it up. I, I, I don't know what to do. And that's and that's what happened. I, I fell apart right there. That was the reason why I fell apart. And I'm not saying i a rabid kidding that we need to go and have mustache trimming classes or beard trimming classes or 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 barbering classes of any type. What I'm trying to say is that was one of the very first indicators for me. And I gathered myself up and 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 played it off and and turned the thing off, and I didn't want to trim my beard, anyways, and, and you know, set it to the side, and and got back into my macho mode, and and you know, trying to recover from uh, you know my wife, you know, never seeing me fall apart like that. To all of a sudden, I just fell apart, and and she's standing there confused, and 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 wondering what just happened. I don't know, and so she suggests, why, why don't you go talk to her neighbor, my buddy Chad, next door neighbor at the time. He, he was prior military. He, he might help you out. He, he's he got a big beard. He looks like a lumberjack. He, know, he knows what to do. And I was like, what exactly am I going to go tell Chad? Yeah, I just fell apart. And she's like, well, you, you guys are comfortable with each other. You you could possibly just do that. Like, I, I just don't know. I don't know what to do for you. And she contacted Chad and he met me outside and on the street and, you know. I said, hey, and he said, hey, what's going on? And I said, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what happened. I, I literally just lost it. And Chad says, yeah, you know, it happens to the best of us. Just, you know, shake it off. You'll be all right. And at the time, I thought he was just maybe uh, appeasing me or maybe, you know, just, just you know, patting me on the back, you know, you know go get him type of deal. And he said, you know, it's just hair. It's going to grow back, you know. You mess it up, wait a few days, it'll grow back. And we just laughed it off. And I felt better about myself and moved on. But what I came to realize is that in future um, dealings and and other things that started uh, happening in my life and talking to other people, it's not an isolated incident, right? We... We have different names for it. We all sort of give it a a pet name. Right? There's the crash and burn, the it, the oh yeah that. Oh I got the funk. Something's wrong with me. Right? We have all these names for, for what this is. Well, we're gonna call it what it is, right? It's it's a situation of 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 a mental health instability, it is anxiety, it's depression, it's all these pressures coming down and 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 crunching down upon us and we feel that we have to be these mighty people that can just keep the world on our shoulders and just keep lifting it up and and keeping our heads high and and moving forward with you know as as uh, bulletproof uh, iron people iron men of type and iron women and and uh you know we we're, we're going to get the mission done well at some point or time it's going to catch up with us Each and one of us is going to have a very different experience of this. And this is why I'm talking to you today. Because when it does happen, served is now available for you. The served collective, the community, the brotherhood and the sisterhood that exists here of service members, responders, veterans, and dependents. We now know that if you have that situation through the Live Into Living program, you're going to have tools in your toolbox to navigate through that, to help you work out of that. And if you need a little bit of assistance, if you need a little bit of help, you just talk to someone from your served collective, your immediate served group in your area of people that you know that that are part of this group, that do understand and that's what started happening, is that as I started going through these issues, things started happening. I did not know what was going on. And when I finally hit that brick wall, I just went radio silent. I did an episode uh, about eight or nine months ago. It was a competition that I entered. It was the Road Competition. If you look up in um, Google for "Served Radio" or "Served Vet," it'll come up. Uh, it comes up in iTunes uh, on the Apple Podcast app, and it's just the Road Competition. I'm actually going to post it out there in one of the episodes, and I'm going to incorporate it, so you don't have to go searching for it. But basically, those that have heard it, it's basically this this artistic. Um, I had to do a two minute. Basically, a pitch of what Served Radio was going to be. And it was this competition that I entered. And, and uh, really cool. I, I, I garnered, I, I earned, uh, or won a um, a $300 mic set. So it was really cool. Uh, thank you out to Rode uh, for doing that and, and for uh, honoring me with that. But basically, in that episode, for the first minute, I don't even talk. It's just the sound of of me pulling up into the driveway and and just everything sounding so distorted and and just so wonky and then as i'm about to go through the door i have to check myself and get all my senses all in order and then it all comes into quick focus but i had just had so much i had reached that breaking point that i walked through that door and i told my wife i couldn't take it anymore i still remember that day and i went upstairs and I checked out. And we're not gonna talk about that checkout in this episode. I'm gonna reserve that for a future episode. But what was happening before that is that as as I was doing my civilian job, I was a new civilian employee, I, I did it. Remember, I, I did this fantastic transition. I couldn't have my back to an open space. I was continuously scanning the room. I knew exactly how many steps it was from my desk to the nearest exit. I knew where all the exits were. We sat on the third floor. I knew how to get from the third floor down to the first floor in five different ways. I knew all the exits. I knew all the emergency stairs. I knew how many steps it took to get to my secondary exit. It was just nuts, right? I was just doing all these things. I wasn't even thinking about doing all these things, but I was just doing all these things. And there had been people that had been sitting in this exact same building for several years that did not know where the secondary exit was. They came in through one door, used one elevator, left from that elevator, and left from that same door every single day. But I was taking the time during my breaks and lunch to walk around the building to look at all the exits. I, I'm not even sure what was going on. You know, I was just doing this 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 threat analysis. I don't even know. Right? I did not know how to let go and separate. To this day, it's still very difficult for me to have my back towards an open space. But I'm working on it. I can identify when I'm doing these things. And I know I keep saying in later episodes because as I was sharing with you. I I I was going to have the first 10 episodes of Serve Radio of me telling you this story, but but I didn't want that just to consume this. So I have to break this up. But here's another part of it. I started finding myself feeling an overwhelming anxiety and panic attack at my workplace. I still remember that I got introduced at the first time and, hey, this is our our new uh, engineer for the program. And I had a a bit of identity crisis, but it's uh, called imposter syndrome. In my mind, I thought, I'm in a room with real deal NASA engineers. I am in a room with real deal NOAA scientists. When they find out X, Y, and Z, right? Uh, that I didn't qualify, or I don't feel qualified, or I'm not as smart as them. Whatever it was, I didn't. I didn't have a 1600 SAT score back in the day. 1600 was a perfect SAT score. I know it's changed, but you know, for reference and putting it in context, right? You know, I I didn't go to MIT, right? I I'm not this Doogie Hauser, but I'm in a room full of crazy, intelligent people. And I'm the crazy one, right? I'm the one feeling crazy, like crazy, crazy, cray, cray, crazy. And I just kind of waved, and I remember feeling an overwhelming sense of anxiety and panic. I left that room, went straight to the bathroom, and started throwing water on my face. And I started a little bit of hyperventilating, and I thought, oh, my goodness, what am I doing here? What's happening? Even though I prepped for five years for that moment, right? what's happening? Months earlier was the whole beard thing. So here I am now in my new role as a a new employee, as a new civilian. Landed that job. Landed those six figures. I did it. Got the office. Got the title. Got the business card. Yeah. But what's happening? I don't know. And so, in another episode, I'm going to talk about the t-shirt. I picked up on a a coping mechanism. And it was a t-shirt. I would rub my undershirt, my t-shirt, like my kids rub their teddy bear to soothe themselves at night. What is happening? What's happening to me? So, The story goes that in 20 years, I didn't have an Air Force T-shirt, sticker, uh, or ball cap. I mean, I had my issued stuff, and I was very proud to be of service and and a service member and and a senior NCO and, and in the Air Force, in the military, but I just never had anything that promoted that. I just didn't feel like I needed it. And when I got out, a few weeks after I got out, I found myself wandering around in the base exchange looking for a really cool Air Force ball cap sticker or T-shirt. And I thought, huh, I still don't see anything that I like. This was in 2015. I tell you what, I went back to the base exchange not too long ago, and they now have really cool ball cap stickers and T-shirts. So, you know, it's all about timing, right? But back in 2015, it was just a black hat that said veteran. And I thought, "Ah." Uh, I don't think I'm a veteran. I don't associate in that capacity. Then there was retired Air Force. And I thought, oh, I don't think I'm old enough to wear that one. And then there was just Air Force hat. And I thought, oh, I don't think I want to rock that either. So what every normal entrepreneurial spirited person says when you know they can't find something and then they say, hey, you know what? In 20 years and in a few weeks after I got out, I still didn't find a cool Air Force ball cap sticker or T-shirt. I'm going to create my own. and thus served was born seriously that was it it was just like I'm going to be looking for a really cool ball cap sticker t-shirt and I can't find it I'll just make my own That's, that's what I'll do yeah that's what I'll do well what I was doing is that I was trying to create or find that need because I felt a void And creating Served was that need. And I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll I'll do that. And I started Served with this one white oval sticker with just the letter S, the letter R, the letter V, and the letter D. And I'll have to go into a lot more detail at a different time about that exact birth of Served. It happened on 495 on, on Washington, D.C.'s Beltway. Three days of me wordsmithing it and and playing with letters and stuff. It's just it was just, just nuts. But but it ties in to the t-shirt story and how it just all evolved. Just we just don't have enough time and in single episodes to to go into all this detail. But I'm going to sprinkle it in little bits and pieces as these episodes build up into a library then we can help folks out as they can say, hey, listen, go listen to episode two. Then go listen to that next episode. And listen to all the episodes in between because in between it's going to be the good stuff, right? It's the stuff I talked about in episode one. We're going to talk about the grumpy old sergeant segment, the mentor minute of the week, the served mission brief, the living to living debrief. We're going to get all these these bits and pieces of it all. But I wanted to bring today and launch with episode one on what we're going to do, but then roll right into episode two, this one, that we're going to have very, very honest conversations, very deep conversations. That's the only way that we're going to beat and save, beat the situation that is existing right now, and save those that feel that they're in a situation with no hope, no exit. <sighs> this episode as I'm talking here, it it's con- kind of haywire. I have all these notes that I wanted to to talk about and it's just such a heavy topic. It truly really is difficult to go back to that to that place and and share that part of the story I would need to have basically maybe a four hour episode or a four hour show one day I don't know we'll 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 have to work it and 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 move forward through all that but it's just just one of these things that I need to convey to you that I need you to understand that I've had hundreds and hundreds of these type of conversations personal conversations over the last 4 years and my story is not unique i'm just one of the few people that are that are willing to share it and that's what's happened is as i would go out there and say hey listen i don't understand what happened to me but this is my story then folks would feel either relieved or feel like They wanted to share their story as well. And it was very similar. And that's actually how I was able to come out of it, is when I realized that after hundreds and hundreds of conversations, people would say, yeah, me too. I know what you're saying. I know exactly what you were thinking. And the really cool part about it is that I didn't have to go into great detail. I didn't have to go into tremendous depth. It's just, we just knew. They just knew. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I call it the crash and burn. Yeah. I've called mine the funk. Oh, yeah, it's, it's called it. And I would ask, how is it that in 20 years of service and in all this prep that I did to exit, no one told me about this. No one spoke to me about this. Why? Why was this not shared with me? Why wasn't I given tools to help me? I was giving a lot of tools to help others, right? All the training that we go through. Ask your battle buddy, how are you doing? Ask your wingman, who is your wingman? You know, the, the, whole, the whole idea behind it of asking someone, is just, I don't know, it's just, it's not going to work. But when you share and you say, hey, listen, this is my story. And I know that I'm not alone. Then that individual says, hey, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And it goes and it opens the door for honest conversation. And I tell you what, my conversations with folks would be maybe 10 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. And it was sort of a, of a caveman grunting type thing, right? It was primal, who knows? But we just talked our own language. They didn't say much, I didn't say much, but at the end we both grew about two inches taller because we we put our shoulders back and we put our head up and we say, yeah, thanks for the chat. And that's all that's needed sometimes. So if you're not ready to have that conversation, or you know someone that is not ready to have that conversation, it's all right. Because all they need to do is to just tune in to Served, served Radio, get on a headset, and just listen. Listen to our stories. Listen to what we got coming out, Right, this library, use it as a resource. And then when that individual, when you're ready, we're here. We're here to listen. So I wanted to let you all know that you can reach me at any time at raf at served.vet. Or if you just want to write me. Sometimes it's just kind of cool to go old school and go snail mail. I have a really cool address. Served, S-R-V-D, 145 Fleet Street. Number two five six, National Harbor, Maryland, two zero seven four five. So right here, close by to the nation's capital. This is the Pulse. The of have served. This is where we're at. This is where we're gonna be. And we're here. All right. So I'm gonna sign off properly on this one, right? The last time I said catch you on the line, I'm not sure what I was thinking. I was so nervous on episode one. I just was like trying to get through it. But the line is, I'll see you on the line, right? So whether that's the flight line, the front line, whatever line it is, I'm going to see you there. And I'm going to meet you there one day. All right? So that's how we're going to sign off. I'll see you on the line. Onward. And now that you have been empowered and activated, continue to create impact, share your talents, and serve your local community. Always remember, you are never alone. From leaving to living, together we are served.